Thank you for joining us for the second Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call of 2013. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Dr. Dennis Potty, South Dakota State Climatologist, will talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center, NOAA. Kevin Lau with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin this spring. And then Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Manage Management Division and her staff will provide an update on the current reservoir operations, the Corps' runoff forecast for 2013, and the long-term reservoir release schedule. And then we will field questions by state. We will use a force mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all phones, so please be aware that if the mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. Now I'd like to do a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Just a reminder to press star six to unmute your phone. Dennis Toddy, are you on the line? Dr. Toddy? Yes, yes, I'm here. Thank you. Kevin Lau, are you on the line? Hi, Monique, I'm here. Great. Okay, just a reminder for everyone that the press kits with the biographies and Missouri River Basin information as well as historical data can be found in your media advisory and or downloaded from our website. The slides from Dr. Dennis Toddy's presentation today can be found near the back of the press kit and they begin on slide 16. We will now begin with Dr. Dennis Toddy, Central Region Climate Services Director, he will talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Thank you, Monique. Uh, the situation right now in, in, from a precipitation temperature standpoint is uh, largely unchanged from where we were at, the, at our last call. Uh, if you want to follow along, we're on slide one right now, kind of our key points. Uh, currently, we are in a, an El Nino uh, and Enso neutral conditions, no El Nino, no La Nina. Um, these temperatures are currently uh, hinting a little bit on the cold side, like they would be trending towards La Nina. Uh, that does not tend to look like to be a long-lived situation, but it will bear watching at this point. Uh, uh, we are watching that actively. Uh, mountain snowpack uh, is mostly near average. Some basins are a little bit below average at this point. Uh, we'll talk about that more, especially on the runoff standpoint. Uh, plain snowpack is, is not extensive uh, into areas leading into the reservoirs. Uh, recent snows have been in the far eastern part of the basin, especially uh, runoff will go into the Minnesota or into the, into the Missouri below the reservoirs. Uh, warmer conditions on less snow-covered areas, cooler over, over the snow-packed areas. Looking ahead, um, the outlooks we're going to show are our outlooks from last month. New outlooks are due uh, next week, uh, next Thursday. Uh, current looking like uh, precipitation is more likely in the eastern basin, cooler, uh, cooler areas likely in the north, 
And so neutral conditions will likely continue through the summer, uh, and then the drought conditions are likely to continue, especially in the lower part of the basin. Let's go on to slide two. This is the last 30 days of precipitation uh, on the upper left-hand side and precipitation departure from normal on the lower right-hand side. Uh, you can see the, the areas of precipitation have been fairly limited. Uh, the biggest areas have been in South Dakota over to northern Minnesota, parts of Minnesota, and some isolated places in, in Montana. Uh, but most of the area has been slightly below average. Uh, we are getting to that time of the year uh, into February and March where things will get more active from a precipitation standpoint. Next slide shows the last 30 days departure from normal temperatures. Uh, scales on the right-hand side here also. Uh, largely, the uh, areas that are less snow-covered are the ones that are running a few degrees above average, and that includes going into western Montana. Uh, and then the areas that are more snow-covered have been running a little bit below average over the last 30 days. Go on to the next slide. As we refer to snow cover right now, this is uh, the, 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 the no-risk group from NOAA. Uh, with the snow cover, and this is actually snow water equivalents across the basin. Uh, Montana, the upper left-hand side, um, uh, Wyoming, just below it. Uh, the darker colors are the areas of the mountains where the mountain snowpack is. So you can see that most of the uh, most of Montana, eastern Wyoming, um, and western uh, South Dakota, uh, less than an inch of, of snow water equivalent. Uh, so not as much water out and available there. Northern Montana down into North Dakota does have uh, two inches plus uh, of SWE, so there is a little bit of runoff available there. But at this point, uh, this should not be a major issue. Again, we'll have to continue to watch uh, for more chances for precipitation as we go on through the late winter. Going to the outlooks, uh, the outlook for the uh, next week, the 18th through the 24th, we now go to look at probabilities, what are probabilities of temperature and precipitation. Uh, temperature on the left-hand side, you can see most of the basin in white is listed as near normal conditions, cooler conditions further to the west. Uh, the green on the right indicates uh, above average chances for precipitation. These do not look to be major precipitation events, but we do look to be having chances for some precipitation and uh, staying a little more active as we go through the month. The 30-day outlook from for February, we're approaching halfway through at this point. Uh, temperature on the left-hand side, most of the base is listed as equal chances for below or above. Uh, on the right-hand side, areas of green indicating uh, uh, decent chances of a more active pattern staying through February, which is consistent with what we saw on the 8 to 14 day in the previous slide. Uh, all the computer models are, are tending to indicate uh, somewhere in the upper Midwest, Northern Plains, being fairly active uh, into the early spring. And that shows up in the next slide, slide seven now. In the February through April time frame, you see the green uh, in parts of the, still parts of the Missouri Basin, eastern parts of the basin staying more active, equal chances in, uh, in the western part of the basin. Not seeing specific indications, especially of, of, of major precipitation uh, upstream of the reservoirs. Most of this would fall uh, east of the, that would go flow into the reservoirs. Um, the uh, temperature outlook is slightly cooler than average uh, for the February through April time frame. Uh, one more slide gets for April through June. Uh, now you see a bit of a transition in the pattern as we get to late spring. The uh, 
precipitation pattern disappears, that we there's little chance for above average precipitation and a large area below average precipitation further south, and then above average chances for temperature in the lower part of the basin. Uh, with the dry and warm conditions continuing, it's likely going to uh, uh, become warmer uh, in, the, in the late spring. And then go to the last slide, the current U.S. drought monitor on the left-hand side. Uh, you see that uh, the you know from southern southeastern Montana through Wyoming, southern southern North Dakota, and into South Dakota, we still have uh, very dry conditions on the uh, very uh, high level in the U.S. drought monitor. Uh, why we're not expecting, we would probably not expect a great deal of runoff as the spring goes along unless we become very wet because there's a lot of soil moisture capacity on the U.S. drought monitor. The lower right-hand um, image on this page is the seasonal drought outlook. Uh, the green area is, coincides with that area of increased chances for precipitation showing likely improvement in the drought conditions, uh, but you see much of the basin is still in the, in the brown with persisting drought. I agree the drought is going to persist. I think we may see some slight improvements in the drought monitoring conditions as we go along through the spring, um, but we certainly will still carry on drought conditions, especially in the lower part of the basin. This concludes my report. Thank you, Dr. Toddy. We will now hear from Kevin Lau with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Kevin will talk about the latest potential outlooks for flooding along the Missouri River Basin this spring. Uh, hi, Monique, and hi, everyone. Uh, stream flow projections by the National Weather Service generally indicate lower than normal chances for significant flooding across most of the Missouri Basin in 2013. Low average stream flow conditions in the fall, lower than normal fall rains, drier than normal soil moisture conditions, and lower than average snowpack conditions for many areas of the basin all point to a diminished risk for flooding due to snowmelt in 2013. This does not mean that the chance of flooding is non-existent. Convection drives spring flooding in the lower basin, and we have already experienced minor flooding in the central portion of the state of Missouri as a result of rains received during the last week of January. And also, flooding due to ice jams has already occurred along the Loop and the North Platte Rivers, and the threat of ice jam flooding will continue through the remainder of the winter and early spring. Snowpack conditions in the mountains can generally be categorized as near to below normal, the exception being the Platte River system where both the North and South Platte headwater snowpacks are well below average for this time of year. By this point in the winter, we have normally accumulated approximately 65% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains, and the take-home point here is that we've still got a lot of the accumulating season left to go. The February water supply forecast developed by the Natural Resources Conservation Service and collaborated with the National Weather Service was issued last week. The February water supply forecast projects near normal stream flow volumes for the Milk Basin and slightly below normal volumes in the Missouri River above Fort Peck and the Yellowstone. Projections for the Platte system indicate well below average volumes for the 2013 snow runoff season. Long-range river outlooks produced by the National Weather Service indicate an overall decreased risk of significant flooding due to mountain snowmelt in 2013. The only exception to that would be the Milk River Basin, where the flood risk appears to be about normal. 
As in the case of the mountains, there also appears to be a diminished risk for significant flooding due to plains snowmelt. A word of caution, we still have a lot of the snow accumulation season ahead of us, and much could change before spring. The National Weather Service will be issuing its first spring flood outlook next week. Thank you. This concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you, Kevin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide us with an update of current reservoir operations. Thank you all for joining us for this Missouri River Basin Outlook Call. We appreciate your participation and look forward to working with you in the coming year. We want these calls to be as useful as possible, so if you have any suggestions, please let us know. Following the 2011 flood, the Corps' Northwestern Division committed to better communication with the congressional delegations, states, tribes, and stakeholders, and this call is part of that effort. Flood control remains a primary consideration as we move into the 2013 runoff season, despite growing concerns about the impacts of drought on the basin's resources. Floods can and will occur even during, drought, during periods of sustained drought, particularly during periods of freeze-in or ice out along the river, and as a result of spring and summer thunderstorms below the reservoir, some, below the reservoir system. Real-time regulation of the reservoir system is done using the best available hydrologic and climatic information and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce an updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecast. Late last week, we posted the February runoff and reservoir regulation forecast on our website, and we also put out a press release, which presented much of the same information that we're discussing on the call today. Now I'll ask two of the senior engineers in my office to describe these studies in more detail. We'll begin with Bill Doan, who will discuss the updated runoff forecast, and then he'll be followed by Mike Swenson, who will discuss the planned regulation of the reservoir system. So go ahead, Bill. Okay, thanks, Jody. Uh, as Dr. Toddy mentioned, current drought conditions, as described by the National Drought Mitigation Center, continue to have much of the upper Missouri River Basin covered by drought. The majority of the uh, basin is classified classified as being severe to exceptional drought conditions. The drought outlook, though, does forecast likely improvement in eastern and southern North Dakota and some improvement in southern Montana and northern South Dakota. Our February 1st uh, runoff forecast into our system, uh, we are forecasting 19.9 million acre-feet of runoff above Sioux City. This is 80% of the normal runoff. A number of factors were considered in determining this runoff forecast, including current drought conditions, soil moisture conditions, plain snowpack, mountain snowpack, and the Climate Prediction Center's long-range precipitation and temperature outlooks. For uh, mountain snowpack, we are currently have, as of the 5th of February, 96% of average above Fort Peck Reservoir and 89% of average for the area between Fort Peck and Garrison. Uh, as Dr. Tati mentioned, plain snowpack is currently considered light, anywhere from zero to three inches of snow water equivalents. Uh, also, Dr. Tati mentioned, while eastern portions of South Dakota recently got a significant plain snowfall event, most of this was in the very far eastern part of our basin, which had drained in below our uh, reservoir system. So in summary, due to below normal mountains and, snow and plain snowpack, combined with soil moisture deficits resulting from last year's drought, our runoff forecast is 19.9 million acre feet for 80% uh, normal. And this concludes my report. For those who need the spelling of Bill Doan's name, it's Bill, common spelling, Doan, D-O-A-N. 
Ian is in Nancy, and his position title is Hydraulic Engineer. Okay, go ahead, Mike. Okay, um, before I talk more about the monthly studies, a brief note about uh, Gavin's Point releases. Releases from Gavin's Point remain at 14,000 CFS. To conserve water in the reservoir system, our goal is to keep Gavin's Point releases as low as possible while serving the needs of the water intakes on the lower river. And then continue on by talking about the monthly simulations or the monthly studies. These studies utilize three different runoff conditions. Again, those are the basic runoff condition along with the lower and upper basic runoff forecast. The simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. On March 1st, which is typically near the start of the runoff season, the basic simulation shows system storage at 48.5 million acre feet. This means that the reservoir system would start the runoff season 8.3 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone, or in other words, 8.3 million acre feet below the top of the carryover multiple use zone. The carryover multiple use zone is designed so the system provides service to the congressionally authorized purposes, though at reduced levels through a long-term drought. The monthly studies also reflect navigation service level and season length. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine feet deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is based on the March 15th system storage. Under the basic simulation, we would be providing minimum service flow support to navigation for the first part of the navigation season. Flows for this level of service are designed to provide an eight feet deep by 200 feet wide navigation channel and would require Gavin's Point monthly average releases ranging from approximately 20,000 CFS to 28,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would increase slightly after the July 1 storage check and a full month, a full eight month navigation season would be provided. However, if the drought deepens, the navigation season could be shortened by as much as 28 days. Uh, an additional note on the monthly studies, uh, concerning spring pulses from Gavin's Point Dam. The March and May spring pulses will not be implemented in 2013. The Corps and the Fish and Wildlife Service have agreed to forego the spring pulses this year while we work to implement the recommendations of the Independent Science Advisory Panel. And lastly, a note on energy generation at the main stem dams, the forecast for 2013 energy generation Again, this is with the basic simulation, is 7.9 billion kilowatt hours with normal reservoir levels and releases. We would expect approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. That concludes my remarks. That report was just given by Michael Swinson. For those who need the spelling, um, it's Michael Common spelling. Swinson, S is in Sam, W, E, N is in Nancy, S is in Sam, O, N is in Nancy. Okay, thank you, uh, Bill and Mike. So in summary, we're 
starting this year's runoff season with the reservoirs drawn down significantly due to the drought in the basin last year. And as a result, we're implementing measures to conserve water in the mainstream reservoir system, including low winter releases and reduced service to navigation in the coming year. The risk of snowmelt-driven flooding is low this year, but the risk of ice jam and rainfall-induced uh, flooding is normal. We'll continue to monitor the conditions in the basin, and we'll make any necessary release adjustments as the spring unfolds. This concludes my remarks. Thank you, Jody. Just another reminder that these calls are recorded in their entirety, and they can re be retrieved from the CORE's website or um, from our, our Facebook page, Omaha District, by no later than the close of business today. We will now fill questions by the states um, for the CORE, for Dennis Toddy representing NOAA, and for Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service. We will begin with the state of Nebraska, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. And it is star six to unmute your phone. Okay, moving on to the state of Iowa, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. Star six to come off mute. State of Kansas, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Montana, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of North Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press, star six to unmute your phone. State of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Hey, Monique. Yes. This is Jerry Oster, WNAX. Hi, Jerry. How are you today? Good. Dr. Toddy, if you're still there, uh, maybe you can kind of update on what's needed to get back to normal levels at this point, normal precip levels, normal uh, ground uh, moisture levels. Are you still there, Dr. Toddy? It's star six to unmute your phone. Yes, I just did. Um, at this point, um, moisture levels further up in the basin are closer to average and not in too bad a situation as we get down into South Dakota. The southern part of and southern part of North Dakota, uh, you know, we're looking at amounts, especially in the southeast part of the state, on the order of 12 to 16 inches of precipitation over the next um, over the spring to completely eliminate the drought conditions. Um, and so, so that's kind of more than we're going to expect this spring. Uh, so that's what's probably going to lead to some of the lower runoff possibilities too, simply because of the lack of ability to get that much precipitation in the spring. Thanks. Jody, Tony Mangan at KCCR Radio. When you look at when you look at the water levels in Lake Oahe, how much water do you think you can stay leave in Lake Oahe at this point for for spawn for the you know, for spawn, for recreation, that type of thing, at least into the early spring and summer? Uh thank you, Tony. Um Lake Oahe has been uh, rising gradually here during the winter period, as it typically does. Um, and one thing that we did change between the draft and the final annual operating plan 
is to focus on Oahe and Fort Peck during the forage fish spawn. So uh, that generally occurs from you know early April into um, May sometime. And so to the extent we can, we will be adjusting releases out of Garrison and Oahe to maintain a steady to rising reservoir elevation at Oahe. Um, you know, there's limitations on what we can do. It, it's always good to have some help from Mother Nature giving us some inflow, uh, but to the extent we can, that will be our focus this year uh, during the forage fish spawn season. How concerned are you as far as if the drought continues? How concerned are you that that you're going to have to put drought measures on Lake Oahe, such as extending boat ramps, such as limiting, you know, releases for maybe the tribes who have used the water in the past? How, how concerned are you that you might actually have to do some of that? Well, we don't control the um, withdrawal of water out of the reservoirs for uh, uses for municipal and industrial uses. Um, you know, that, that isn't something that we regulate. Uh, the reservoir system is designed to operate over a wide range of runoff, and if you look back over the historic droughts that we had um, from 1987 to 1993, and then again from 2000 to 2007, um, the reservoirs have fluctuated widely uh, during drought periods, especially when you get into, you know, three, four, five, six-year drought periods. So right now the reservoirs are 20 to 25 feet higher than their lows that were incurred during the previous drought. Um, so as if, if the if this drought continues and the reservoirs decline, all of those measures that were taken during the previous drought to extend boat ramps and relocate water intakes will be there and ready to be used during the current drought. So, you know, they do take a little bit of maintenance. Uh, the reservoir drops and we have to start using a low water boat ramp. You know, they need to be cleaned off and adjusted. Um, but that infrastructure is there. So. Um, it'll depend on how far the reservoirs fall this year to see how much of that has to go on. But I think the other important thing is that we are implementing drought conservation measures with our low winter releases and our reduced service to navigation. So, you know, even if we get an exact repeat of last year and this coming year, we won't take near as much water out of the reservoirs. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Jody, there's, Jody, there's a... Uh questions uh, below Gavin's Point Dam here, not only on, on flow, but on the profile of the river. Has any uh, you folks taken any look at that? The, the bottom of the river has scoured out and the changes that have gone on there? I'm sorry, may I ask who's speaking? I'm sorry, it's Jerry from WNAX. Okay. Um, yeah, the Omaha District has done some surveys uh, in different reaches of the river. Uh, we don't have someone in the room here to answer specifically to that, but we know that there were some changes to the channel as a result of the flood. Um, for example, uh, in previous winters during droughts, we've reduced our releases to 12,000 cubic feet per second. This winter we had to release slightly more water, uh, 14,000, to keep all those intakes. So that's an indication that there have been changes to the river bottom and some areas where we have, you know, as much as a couple feet of degradation or scour. Um, so what we what we expect is that those folks that had challenges during this past winter, and there's a handful of water intakes that had challenges, we would expect them to make changes to their intakes before next winter so that they're able to operate 
down at that 12,000 release. Has there been any discussion of having to go lower than that, if possible? Well, 12,000 is our winter release uh, during periods of drought. Now, if we do have a shortening of the navigation season, um, our minimum release during periods of open water where we don't have concerns about ice is 9,000 CFS. So, um, you know, again, we would, right now with the intakes and the condition that they are, we'd have challenges being at that low of a release, um, but we would like those intake operators to make adjustments so they can operate that. Um, if this is an extended drought, you know, we're just into the first year, but we will get to that 9,000 uh, open water release when we shorten the navigation season. So it's important. It's an important conservation measure, so it's very important that those water intakes uh, make the necessary adjustments. Yeah, thanks. Jody, Tony Mangan again at KCCR, and maybe there's nobody here that can ask, ask, answer this question. I know that there continues to be work done at the dams, you know, uh, regarding the flood repair work. Does this kind of drought or this low water help or hurt that process? Um, that's probably a question that would be better answered by one of our construction folks, Tony, and I can um, take care of that for you offline. That'd be good. Thank you. Sure. Do we have any additional questions from State of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Okay, we will move on to the state of Missouri. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. Monique, this is Marshall White at the News Press in St. Joe. Hi, Marshall. How are you today? Fine. I'd like to, uh, last question that you're going to get offline, I'd like to have the same answer. Sure. I'll take care of you after the call. Um, I am still a little concerned about the improvements in the drought outlook in southeastern North Dakota and northeastern uh, and eastern South Dakota and the runoffs below Gavin's Point. Jody, do you, um, looking at the, at the forecast for the next couple of months, do you see any concerns there about the amount of water coming in below Gavin's Point? Well, we still do have drought in eastern South Dakota and eastern North Dakota. You know, we do. We have seen some improvement, um, but we still have a ways to go to um, to catch up to normal. And in addition, and very important, is that we have our full reservoir capacity plus an extra more than eight million acre feet of storage capacity. So, if we would get uh, high runoff out of those eastern Dakota tribs, uh, we would be able to reduce our releases from Gavin's Point Dam and hold that water in and release it you know, any runoff that we get uh, coming into the reservoir system and uh, release it at a, a later time. So, you know, we have lots of flood control capacity right now, and we're not seeing uh, the snow water equivalents in those areas that would cause us any concern at this point, except for potentially, you know, very localized flooding um, that we can get on any of those small rivers and streams and even on the Missouri River. Uh, when we go through periods of freeze-in or ice-out. Okay. Jody, this is Dennis Toddy. And to add on to that, being in eastern South Dakota, even with the indications for drought improvement, we still have some extremely dry soils, so that even once the soil thaws and the snow is melted off, there is a large amount of soil moisture capacity 
So even if we did get into heavier rainfall amounts, the amount of runoff still would be would be minimized. It's not falling on on wet ground; it's falling on very dry ground. Thank you, Dennis. Okay, any additional questions, Marshall? Um, any additional questions from State of Missouri, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press? Okay, moving on to State of Wyoming, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Do we have any national press on the call today? Do we have any final questions before we adjourn today's call? Okay, we will host our next call Tuesday, March 12th at 1 p.m. Central Time. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder in advance of the call. We would like to thank you all for participating on today's call with us. We are now adjourned. Thank you.